seat. Last Sunday, we began our year of studying God's Word together and with a new series that we call The Me I Want to Be. It's based on a book by John Ortberg. I would love for you to get a copy of that because we're just scratching the surface of all that you would find in that book. But, but we're really thinking about allowing God to form us into the person that He wants us to be because He created us each unique with gifts and abilities and a mission to fulfill. And so we're thinking about how we can allow God to change us into the person He wants us to be so we can fulfill that mission. And we talked last week about getting into the flow of God's Spirit, surrendering ourselves to God's Word and to His will so that His Spirit is at work in us creating that person that he wants us to be. We talked also about trying softer rather than harder. Rather than just beating ourselves up and pressing in what we think is right, sort of letting God be at work in us and, and him changing us into that person. I want us to take that thought and sort of move into one more area of this, thinking especially about our minds and allowing God to be at work in our minds. Now, one thing I've noticed about the spiritual life we sometimes go to extremes, and, and one way we do that is we can either make our faith like an intellectual enterprise, like it's all about thinking the right things, examining Scripture so we have the right doctrine, theology, we believe the right stuff, so it's all a mind thing, or it's all about our feelings, it's all about feeling our way through this and how God makes me feel, how my church makes me feel. And when we go to those extremes, I think we get in trouble because God created us as whole people, mind and heart and body. And we need to engage all of that if we're going to be the me that I want to be, the me that God really created me to be. But today we're focusing a bit on our minds and how our minds work. Our minds are very powerful. They're complex. When we think about what science has discovered, like the very large things, like all the stars in our galaxy and the planets that surround them, vastness that we really can't wrap our heads around, and that's just one galaxy among many, and then the very small, the atoms that, that make up our universe, make up everything, and the particles that form them, and the space that we find in an atom, the complexity in both the very large and the very small, neither one compares to the complexity that you find between your ears and mine. The complexity of the human mind. When we come to maturity, 200, uh, 200 billion neurons have been formed in our minds. And the interconnectedness there creates a complexity that is beyond anything else that we found in creation. And our minds are very powerful. The ability to process all kinds of information at one time, what we see and hear and touch, all that we see in our senses, our self-awareness, the ability to think abstractly, to think through things, all of that to process things very quickly makes it powerful to, to transform our lives, to change our lives and to influence the lives of other people, to do really good things, to sacrifice what is best for me for what is best for someone else. We can do powerfully good things in this life because of the mind that God has set within us. But it also has the potential for negative, doesn't it? 
There's worry that fills our minds at times. If you're like me, you deal with that. You worry about yourself. You worry about your kids, your parents, your money, your work, your friends, your church, all those things. We have great fear within us as well that lends to that worry. Fear that we're going to lose things that are important to us. Fear that bad things are going to happen. Fear that good things are going to stop happening. All of those things distract us from becoming the me that we want to be, the me that we should be. It's a distraction from what is good within us and really can take us in the wrong direction. Our minds can even become mindless, right? Have you ever sat talking to someone and like you realize time has passed, the other person's been talking and you really don't know what they're talking about, right? Because we're distracted by all the stuff that's still going on in our minds, but we're not engaged in the present, engaged in talking to that person. Our minds have great potential for both good and, of course, for harm as well. So how do we allow God to change our minds? The truth I want us to get at today is this simple truth. Changing your mind leads to changing your life. Your mind is that powerful. If you can change your mind, if you can reorient your mind around truth and new truths that you, that you learn, it can change your life. Now that's a biblical truth. I think we see that truth at work all the way through Scripture. And I want us to notice a couple of examples of that. But the first is found in the life of Paul. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12 in just a minute. But when you think about Paul, you think about a man who had a powerful mind. If you read the book of Romans from beginning to end, you're going to come across some spots where you recognize, okay, he's gone further than I have. This is some stuff that I would really have to study to fully understand the mind of Paul, a man with a powerful mind. Here's a guy who was devoted to the law of Moses, devoted to the way of God, to the point that he was hunting down Christians, arresting them, and having them killed. Okay? What changed Paul? An encounter with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. And because of that moment and some teaching he received from other Christians, Paul's mind was changed. He recognized that Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus had been killed for the sins of humanity and that he'd been raised from the dead. And because of that, Paul's mind was changed and his life was changed as well. And so rather than hunting down Christians, Paul spent the rest of his life sharing the message of Jesus with people who would never have heard otherwise. That's the guy we're talking about, and that's the guy that wrote, that wrote these words in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now let's hang on to that thought at first. Paul lived in a world that was filled with Roman culture, and Roman culture was all about power. It was all about getting what I want out of life, not unlike our world today, because the world in some ways hasn't changed that much, at least human nature and God, they haven't changed. And so Paul was dealing with that. Now we deal in a world where our culture has a powerful influence on us because of all we see and read. The screens we look at, TV, our computers, our phones, it's just pervasive. And so the culture speaks into our lives almost constantly. And Paul says, and don't let that 
be the ruling force in your life. Don't line your life up with that. Instead, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's your mind that can transform you. If your mind is renewed, then your life can be transformed. Changing your mind leads to changing your life. And to finish that thought that Paul has there, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll know what God expects from you. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now what I notice what Paul says there is, he doesn't say, okay, go out, change your mind, and make yourself a better person. But he says you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's as if there are forces at work on our minds that renew our minds and then transform us. I think he's talking about God being at work. This is not something that we can do on our own. Again, it's not about just trying harder to be a better person and beating ourselves up when we don't do it. But it's trying softer and surrendering ourselves to this God who really does want to transform us by the renewing of our minds. So, what's Paul saying there? Well, we can get an example from the life of Elijah. If we wrote down, okay, a list of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, Elijah would be right at the top of our list. A man who did powerful things in the name of God, miracles, he spoke to the people, unafraid to speak truth to power, and yet, in the midst of his life, we've talked about this story before, Elijah does great things and he is threatened by Jezebel the queen. And he gets so sort of upset and discouraged and afraid that he finds himself in this cave and he basically says to God, let's just end it all. And God calls him out of the cave. And there's earthquakes and thunder and all this stuff going on and God doesn't speak in any of that. And then there is a whisper and it is the voice of God. And in that moment, what God gives to Elijah is work to do. And in that, his mind is changed. And his life is changed because of the word of God. Changing your mind leads to changing your life. John Ortberg in that book, The Me I Want to Be, says it this way. The way we live will inevitably be a reflection of the way we think. True change always begins with our minds. If you want to change, it's going to come from a change in your mind. So how does that work? How does God change our minds? If we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, as Paul says, how are our minds renewed? Well, I want us to think about that for the rest of our time this morning. And there's a couple of basic things that I think can help us in this. And the first is this. Feed your mind with excellence. There's lots of ways to do that. You can feed your mind with excellent examples of the way people have lived out the Christian life. But, but ultimately, it's about feeding your mind with what God has given us, and that's His Word. Feeding our mind with what is most excellent, and that's God's word in our lives. Now, 
Here's God's word. It is still relevant to us 2,000 years plus from when it was written. Again, because human nature and God have not changed, even though the world has changed. And so the people of, of the Bible deal with the same kinds of struggles and the same joys that we have. And so it speaks into our lives today. And, and we live in this amazing time when God's word is more accessible to us than it ever has been in the history of humanity. If we look back, it doesn't take us going back very far in history to find a time when people like us just couldn't pick up a Bible. They were not available to the common people. You had to go to church and, and hear it read to know anything about the Bible. We can go to Walmart and pick up a Bible, and you know what? The cheap Bibles at Walmart are pretty much just as good as the expensive ones you could buy somewhere else. And you can look it up online, and it's there for you for free. Amazing accessibility to God's Word. And yet, sometimes we don't use it because if we're honest, we would say, you know what? It's hard to understand, and it's a little boring. And so we don't read it. And we forget its relevance. We forget this is God's word to you and to me. It's what he wants us to know. We need it. And in fact, if we look back, we find that people in Scripture never really thought about God's word as boring. And in fact, if we look in ancient culture, what we find is ancient languages didn't even have a word for boring. They were working too hard, right, to ever be bored. And so they never really experienced that, and God's word was not boring. In fact, we can look at the way the psalmist describes Scripture. Just the first few words of the book of Psalms go this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Doesn't hang around bad people. But this, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. You hear that? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's like what we said. If, if we're in touch with God's word that renews our minds, it transforms who we are, roots us, and helps us to bear fruit. That's what God's word can do. And again, it's not so much about trying harder. In fact, maybe you made a New Year's resolution. I'm going to read the Bible every day. And you've kept it or you haven't kept it. But it's about seeking it out and enjoying it. And letting God speak to us through his word. And I think if we come at it from a couple of different angles than maybe we normally do, we can delight in it in a way that we haven't before. First of all, if we come to God's word with some curiosity. So thinking, what is this going to say to me today? And while some parts are difficult to understand, so much of it is pretty clear. And what I do is I come to God's word with pen and paper and just ask questions. What do I not understand? What do I not get because culture has changed a lot in 2,000 years and there's some stuff that I don't understand because the world is different. Culture is different. Customs are different. But more than that, what is God saying to me in this passage? What do I learn about God from this passage? What do I learn about myself that I've never really considered until this moment? 
When we come to God's word with some curiosity, expecting that we're going to learn something that really matters, it opens it up so it can renew our minds. Allowing God's word to speak to us with curiosity. And then maybe, well, think about it this way. You know, when I look at a map, and I know I'm a nerd, okay, but when I look at a map for the first time, like immediately I'm drawn to what is it that I haven't seen before? What's a relationship of two places, maybe that I have seen, but I didn't know they were this close or this far apart or was near this natural wonder that I didn't know? You look at that and you want to learn, and maybe you do that with sports or cooking or crafting or whatever it may be in your life. You're, you're always looking for connections and, and things that you haven't seen before. If we can approach Scripture with that kind of curiosity, we grow. But we also need to approach it with imagination, to put ourselves into the story, if you will. Like, what would it be like if an angel spoke to me like he did this character in Scripture? Or if God called me to be a prophet, how would I react to that? Or if I heard the teaching of Jesus firsthand, I heard this story that Jesus told, how would I understand that? How would I respond to it? Because when we put ourselves into the story, it comes alive and we recognize what God may be doing more than if we just sort of read through it just to say, I did my Bible reading today. And then we do something with it. You know, God's Word is not here just for us to memorize, to know facts about, to pass a test. It's here to change us. And when we think through, what is God calling me to do then our minds can be renewed. So we need to feed our minds with excellence. And then second, we need to never worry alone. One of the real traps for our minds is worry and fear. And we don't have to worry alone because God is always present with us. He has always been present with us. And so we don't need to be trapped by our fear and our worry because God is with us. And this is what John says. John was with Jesus. He heard Jesus speak. And this is his reaction. 1 John verse 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love. And he knew love because he saw Jesus. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Understanding the love of God transforms us by the renewing of our minds. We don't have to worry alone. Changing your mind leads to changing your life. And if you want to become that very best person, the one God has in mind for you, part of the process has to be allowing God to renew your mind, to deal with your fear, to deal with your worry, to allow God's word to change who you are because it is powerful. So what will you do? Will you open up your mind and allow God to be at work? We allow him to transform you by the renewing of your mind? Let's pray together. God, renew us. 
change our minds so our lives can be changed. We want to be the people you've called us to be so we can do the work you've called us to do. We want to make a difference in our community, in our families, in our workplaces. We want to see lives change, not because we're so great, but because Jesus is great. Help us to be agents of that transformation. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Won't you stand with me?